thanks once again for worshiping with us over Zoom. I know that this is not ideal and we hope to be in person with each other as soon as possible, but we're going to continue to take things slowly and safely. We are in a series called Now What? We're talking about what it means to live in light of the resurrection. Christ is risen, now what? What does that mean for us? And we've said that we are meant to be people of celebration, to bring joy to a world that's grieving and heartbroken. We're meant to be people who bring justice and mercy and who, who walk humbly with our God. Today we're talking about what it means to look like people who follow after Jesus. I don't know if you have ever been so sick or so tired or so whatever that someone told you that you looked like death. I think one of the struggles we have in our faith is sometimes we look like death. We look like the things of death and the things that belong to death rather than looking like Jesus and the things that belong to life. And our text today is in Colossians chapter 3, and it's going to talk to us a little bit about what it means to look like death and how we can overcome that to look like Jesus. The passage that we're going to read begins with, therefore. Whenever you see therefore in scripture, you need to read the passage right before it. The passage right before it says, Paul's, or the author of Colossians is saying, you don't have to live the same way that the world is living. You don't need to order your life by what you eat or what you drink. You don't need to try and follow the rules. You have a better way. And as someone who enjoys not following the rules, I'm like, all right, that's good news. I hate rules. And then Paul's going to give us a whole list of things that we're supposed to do. So we don't follow the rules, but here's this list. And as we walk through this, I hope that you'll see that the intention of the author here is not to shame us or beat us over the head, but to invite us into something better and more true to help us live fully as followers of Jesus. So if you would, Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read a number of verses this evening. It starts off like this. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ, look for the things that are above where Christ is sitting at God's right hand. Think about the things above and not the things on earth. You died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will be revealed with him in glory. So put to death the parts of your life that belong to the earth, such as sexual immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. The wrath of God is coming upon disobedient people because of these things. You used to live this way when you were alive to these things. But now set aside these things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene language. Don't lie to each other. Take off the old human nature with its practices and put on the new nature, which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. In this image, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all things and in all people. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, the peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you were called into one body, and be thankful, people. The word of Christ must dwell in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, 
Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. So the author of Colossians gives us a whole lot of things here to work with, and there's more in this passage than we could take apart uh, while we're together today. But I want to focus on a few things. The first is that he says we have been raised with Christ, that we have already been raised with Jesus, not in the fullness. We believe someday there will be the resurrection of the dead, but we have been raised above death, above things that are broken and full of sin and decay. And we are raised with Christ already because of our faith in Jesus. When he says put to death the things of earth, he's not saying that earth is bad. Earth is good. We're not, the goal is not to escape earth. The goal is to bring a marriage of heaven and earth together. When he says put to death the things of earth, it's implying that earth is still corrupted. That the things above are things that are perfected. Things as God intends and earth is still twisted and broken by sin and death and decay. So we put to death that which belongs to death, and we focus on the things that belong to life. The things that belong to death, they wound and they destroy. They are not good. The list he gives is full of all sorts of things. Sexual morality, lust, greed, rage, malice, lies, division based on race and class. All these things belong to death. And it's not a list of things that just make God queasy or angry. It's a list of things that kill us. These things are poison to us. It's not that God just, oh, I really don't like it when you do that. It's that these things belong to death. And when we participate in them, we are participating in the things of death. And there's a better way for people who have been raised to life. Why would we participate in the things of death? I think about uh, Kristen's soccer team. Last spring, she was coaching four and five-year-old boys soccer. And they were terrible. No offense, Judah, but they were not good. And at halftime, they switch sides. And they go from shooting on this goal to this goal. Well, pretty much every single game, regardless of how many times their coach told them, when they would, when they would get the ball after halftime, they would go towards the goal they had always known. It, Kristen would be yelling on the sidelines, Stop! Turn around! Go the other way! I think that is what's happening here. There are people who have forgotten that they've switched goals, that something has fundamentally changed, that at the resurrection of Jesus, all things have shifted. And we are no longer going this way. We have turned around. We have repented. We are following Jesus who has brought resurrection and life, and we are going that way. So when we participate in things like lying and deceit and sexual immorality, we're working with the other team. We're going towards our own goal, and we're going to hurt ourselves. And so this letter is not meant to shame us or make us feel bad. He says, you used to be that way. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. There's still some things in that list that have some claim and hold on me. But I don't think he's trying to shame us. I don't think he's trying to beat us over the head. And I don't think he's trying to give us a list of you better do this, this, and this. I think that the author of Colossians is yelling, stop, turn around. You're going the wrong way. You're going to score an own goal. There's a better way. Turn around. We're going this way. This is the way of life and Jesus. And the author's trying to get our attention saying, all these things belong to death and you belong to Jesus. And because you belong to Jesus, you have been raised from the dead. 
Again, it's not a list. A list is not good news. It's not a heavy burden put on us. You can't do these things. You got to do these things. That is not good news and it's not productive. Shame has no place in the church. It's not saying you got to get your life together before you can come to this body of Christ. None of that. If there's, that's not, that's not good news. And if there's no good news, then we are wasting our time. The good news is this, Christ is risen and we are raised with him. We belong to a better kingdom. And like a coach who's trying to get the attention of her players who are going the, the wrong way, it's for our own good. It's for our own benefit. It's for our own victory. Things have changed. Christ is risen. Death has no power. Stop. Turn around. The resurrection affects not only Jesus, but those who trust and follow after Jesus. God has already freed us from the destructive power of sin and death and darkness. Death and sin have no claim on us. They, are, they have no power over us. So when we insist on going back and messing with their things, we are getting ourselves covered up in junk and muck and toxic living that has no claim and hold on our lives anymore. In Christ, we have been renewed. We have been forgiven. In Christ, we are rediscovering what it means to be made in the image of God. We are free from corruption. We are being perfected on earth as it is in heaven. The letter says, take off the old human nature uh, with its practices and put on a new nature, which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. We were made in the image of God and death and sin have distorted and covered and muddied that image. But at the resurrection of Jesus, we have been renewed and restored to that image. We take off our old dirty clothes and we lay them down. Think back to Genesis when, when Adam and Eve are, are, have sinned and they discover they're naked and they're afraid and they're ashamed and God gives them clothes to cover their shame. At the resurrection Christ has obliterated shame and death, and there's no reason to be ashamed anymore. So we don't need these clothes to cover us. We have Christ who covers us. And so we, are, we have a new nature that's marked by resurrection and wholeness and life. It's Christ-likeness. Rather than looking like death, we look like Jesus, us as God intended us to be, and then the world as God intended the world to be. In the early church, one of the practices that happened when someone came to faith in Jesus is, is they'd be baptized, and they would be baptized uh, early in the morning when it was still dark, and they'd come to the water in their old clothes, and they would shed their clothes, and they'd walk into the water naked. Now, when I don't know if we would practice this quite this way at the dwelling, but they'd walk into the water naked, symbolizing they're leaving their old life and all the death and destruction behind. And when they come out of the water, raised with Christ, they're given a new robe and a new identity, a new nature. That is what Christ has done for us. It recognizes that we have been created in the image of God and through the death and resurrection of Jesus, that image has been fully renewed and restored. This is not a list of things we have to do. This is who we truly are. Christianity is not a faith that's organized around rules. It's a faith that's organized around life. And the things that belong to life are the things that we give ourselves to. We have faith in a God who is making right a hall that has been destroyed by sin and death and decay. 
And because we belong to that God, we're going to put to death those things too. We're going to stop running the wrong way. We're going to stop participating in things that are going to destructive. We're going to put on what is full and free and life-giving. The other says, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Be tolerant, forgive each other, and over all these things, put on love. This is who we're meant, this is how we're meant to live. This is what we're meant to be clothed in. It's the image of Jesus showing up in us, the character of Christ welling up in us, full of compassion and kindness. It's not so much about concrete behaviors. Don't do this. Don't touch that. Do do this. Do do. Sorry. Don't do that. It's about our motivation. It's about our orientation. It's about why we behave the way we do. A list of things to do is so easy to fake and manipulate, but a way of living, a way of breathing, giving ourselves to the, to the way of Jesus will change us to change our hearts and change our minds will be renewed and restored. It's only when we have this proper orientation, we have a correct understanding that we have been set free, that we have been forgiven, that corruption has no hold on us, that we can live in the power and victory of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Seeking the things above is about giving ourselves fully to this kingdom of God, this Jesus who has shown that he has overcome the world and bringing his lordship to our lives and demonstrating it for the world around us, being a picture of this kingdom, being a witness to what this God is like. This God is not full of rage and malice and slander and lust. This God is trustworthy. See, when we lie, we lose trust. People don't believe us anymore. And when, and when we give ourselves over to sexual immorality and, and lust, we are letting other things control our lives. Uh, when we give way to anger and rage, those things consume us and they turn us inward and they keep us from kindness and love. All these things that are listed as the things that belong to death, they become little gods in our life and they get our attention and they get our attitude. They get our, our, our thoughts. They shape, they, it's really, it's worship. We're giving ourselves worship to these things and they will shape us and we will have character developed by these things and we will look like death more than we look like Christ. But because Christ has risen, because we have been raised and we belong to this Jesus, because our true identity is breaking through all that is broken and decaying and covered by sin and junk, we, we have shifted and our character has shifted. We're going the other direction. Because Christ has been raised, it changes our thoughts and actions and attitudes, the way we treat people, the way we love people, the way we talk, what we post on Facebook, how we work. It affects everything we do. The, he concludes, whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. Stop running. You're going the wrong way. You look like death. Turn around and go this way so you can look like Jesus, bearing the image of Christ to a world that desperately needs good news, to a world that's confused and broken, to a world that's full of all these things that lead to death. These things are poison. They're toxic. 
they will lead to our destruction. They will strain our relationship with our neighbors, with our God. They will come between us and who we want to be. They will set us back. They will trip us up. They will shame us. They will guilt us. They will break us down. But Christ has set us free from all of that. And because he lives, we live. Because when we orient ourselves and give ourselves to this Jesus, we come to life and we look more and more and more like this Jesus. Stop working with the enemy. Stop working with the other team. Turn around. There is nothing for you there. If we look around our world, I think that some of us struggle with this. I, I struggle with this. I don't always look like Jesus. Sometimes I look like death. I act like death. I talk like death. But there's a better way. And I want to look and act and talk like Jesus. I want the character of Christ to dwell in me. When we lived in Kentucky, we would go out to eat and we would say how many people were in our family and somebody would regularly say, y'all ain't from around here, are you? Well, no, we're not. But you could tell by the way we talked by our accent. I want the accent of resurrection to permeate everything I say and everything I do and the way I treat those people who are wrong and who drive me crazy. I want to reflect the life of Jesus because I belong to life. My, my soul self, my faith is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and I'm going to give myself to the things of resurrection. I don't want a list of things to do. I, I don't want rules to follow, but I want life full and free and abundant. And in order to have that, I got to stop chasing after this stuff. Not because if I don't, God's going to zap me. Because if I do, I, I will find what is good and pure and right. I will find the image of God in myself and perhaps I'll see it in my neighbors. Perhaps I will find the freedom and the belonging and the hope and the peace that I have been searching for. I put to death anger and malice and slander and fear and corruption and greed and lust because those things can't bring life. They only bring death. As a follower of Jesus who has been raised with Christ, my allegiance is to the things of life only. And when I fail and when I blow it and I have and I will and I'll do it again, I come to this Jesus and I confess and I pour my heart and I ask God to shape me and change me and mold me, to strengthen me, to help me to overcome these things. And I remember that these things have no hold on me because Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming again. And we have been raised with Christ. We, in response to the resurrection, are meant to be people of character, honesty and integrity, truthfulness, self-control. Not because if we don't, we're going to hell, but because this is how Christ lives. This is how we change the world. We are to look like Jesus rather than look like death. And, and it's hard and it's difficult, but oh, how I long to be known for compassion and kindness and humility and love. This is the way. And though it's hard, we have some instructions on how to do it. We're to do this in a community, to, to be a community that is bonded together in unity and love. We're meant to do this together. When we say we're together for the good, this is part of what we're talking about. We need each other to do this. 
we, we, we are held in love as a community. This is written to a local church. We cannot do this on our own. We need each other to hold ourselves accountable, to inspire and encourage and push each other forward, to pray for one another, to sit when we blow it and say, you are still loved and you still belong and you have a spot in this family. The instructions here are, are to let Christ's word dwell in us to, to live and reside inside of us it's not just a, a thing we believe but it's supposed to soak down into our bones well how do we do that i want that it's so easy to let other things in how do we do it here, here, here's what it says right here teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing that's one of the ways we do it singing worship is one of our weapons we have to remember our story we have to remember who our god is what christ has done we have to remember who we are and so one of the ways we do it is by singing because music gets down inside us and and there's times last week leah was in the shower singing jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble sometimes those words well up in us and they shape us and they move us one of the reasons we wanted a, a benediction song that we sing every week was because there might be times when you're alone and you're afraid and you don't know and those words might come back to you oh with jesus as our center we sing and we worship, we remember, we remind ourselves what our God has done. We yell, stop going the wrong way, not because we're offended, not because you're gross or dirty, but because there is a better way. And so we need each other. We need the church gathered together so that Christ could dwell in me and Christ can dwell in us. This is written to the church. The word of Christ is meant to dwell in us richly. For a God who has given us life, we are to give ourselves to this God and surrender and do it again and again, do it daily. I read a thing that said we're supposed to remember our baptism every single day. We should dip our hands in water and remember that we have been given new life, that we have been raised with Christ. And we need the power of Christ to help us overcome the things of death. And when we blow it, we come back to Christ and we offer ourselves again and again and we find the mercy of God is ready to give us fresh and new starts to empower us and equip us to overcome. We give thanks, the letter says. We're thankful people with gratitude in our hearts. We give thanks for a God who is full of grace and who is full of truth who has given us mercy, mercy, despite all the times we have scored an own goal and going the wrong way, we give thanks for a God who has loved us and who has come to show us a better way. We give thanks for a God who is changing us bit by bit, day by day, moment by moment, for a God who moves us from death to life. Because Jesus lives, we live. And so we remember and we believe and we trust it, and we give ourselves to this way. We stop going the other direction. We trust that we have been, in fact, set free, that death has no hold on us, that there is no shame or guilt or condemnation for those who are in Christ, that the things that corrupt us have no hold on us any longer because we belong to Jesus, and we are made more and more into the image of Jesus and the image that God placed in us from the beginning of time, the image that we're meant to have, so that we can be in right relationship with God, in right relationship with our neighbors, reflecting the goodness of God to the world around us. 
You look like death, but you don't have to. We can look like Jesus if we'll surrender and remember and trust and live in this way. I want to sing in conclusion uh, this evening because singing is what we're instructed to do. These words are meant to change us and shape us. Music has power. And so we're going to sing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I'm alive. We have been set free. And we're going to sing these words maybe as confession. Maybe saying, I have for too long been going the way of death and I'm scoring own goals and I'm hurting myself and I'm beating myself up and I'm failing and I'm falling. Maybe I need to confess and repent and turn and believe this way of Jesus. And we're singing maybe in praise for a God who has lifted us and who, who has brought us out of the grave and who has changed us and made us new. We're singing in hope that this reality would be made known in our neighborhoods, in our world. We're singing in proclamation that this is true and this is the God we believe in. Would you pray with me? God, I ask that you would show us ways in which we have looked like death, maybe in lying, maybe in slander, malice, rage, maybe in being impatient, maybe in giving ourselves over to lust and, and lack of self-control, maybe in searching for hope and peace and all the wrong places. God, would you remind us that we belong to you and that you, when you were raised from the dead, we were raised with you, that we do not belong to those things any longer and they have no hold on us. God, for my friends who struggle, who, who have fallen and find themselves messing up and not where they want to be, going the wrong direction, would you give them a change of heart? Would you help them to turn around? Would you give them your strength and power in these moments? God, maybe there's some here who have not followed you with their full hearts, who are maybe still feeling the, the effects of death and decay in very real and permanent ways in their lives. God, would you help them to trust you and turn to you and surrender to you so they can know the freedom that comes from following you? God, would you help us to look more like you than ourselves and more like you than the kingdoms of this world? Would you help us to put on compassion and kindness and, and humility, even when it's difficult, even when we don't want to? Even when it's easier to go back to the old way and to our old, dirty, worn out rags. God, help us to be free from shame and guilt, but to know that you have led us on a better way. Help us, God, to believe these words we sing. Would they remind us of who you are and what you have done and what is true about us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing with us.
I heard mercy call my name. 